This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Folks, we've got a lot to talk about. We came off episode 41, reviewing the lecture in 2018 at the West Point Military Academy to a group of cadets and faculty there by Dr. Charles Morgan III. And there were some major revelations in there, folks. Major, major Okay, lots of crazy technology. If you haven't listened to episode 41, I suggest you go back and listen to that. Uh, A couple of episodes before that, we started getting into the video, uh, into the lecture. But what we got yesterday, folks, was an admission from a former, former CIA intelligence officer who now is a professor at University of New Haven, was a professor at Yale University, and he works under government grants. And he also advises the military and works with the military on selecting special operators. And he also works on psychological operations and other things of that nature. But yesterday, what we got was that he admitted that the government or the official science community has the technology to and and folks i really had to sleep on this and think about it but they have the technology to develop off of anyone's dna so if they have my dna they can develop essentially a disease that they could spread let's say in the air he did not say this but i'm saying this let's say they spread that in the air with an airborne disease and that disease may not kill anyone or harm anyone but it can target me specifically and once it spreads to me it will kill me he also admits in there that they have the ability to inject a stem cell into your body that they could direct through its coding to go anywhere into your body say into your heart or your lungs or your brain and it will just wait there until they can trigger it into action via, say, a sound wave that your brain interprets and then triggers the stem cell to go into action. And then whatever it's coded to do, let's say, give you lung cancer or brain cancer or whatever it is, they can do that. Two major admissions, folks. That's pretty scary. Now, he talks about it from a... um, from the perspective of the science community and the healthcare community. And then he says, well, what could 
the intelligence community do with this? What could the military do with this? And he talks about it in a sense from human enhancements, transhumanism, basically. But you know they can also do things like kill people, which he actually admits to when he says we could make a disease that just kills one person targeted to their DNA. And the point that I brought up, which was important, was that, uh, listen, and don't get down on yourself. I mean, again, I don't blame people for utilizing these technologies that are readily available and which you were sort of baited into, propagandized into, brainwashed into using. And so when everyone was running around getting COVID tests, you were giving the government a DNA sample. You know, you were giving them access to your brain. You were giving them access to your nasal cavity. You were giving them access to your saliva. You know, or if over the years you sent your DNA sample into 23andMe or Ancestry.com type of companies so you could get an, uh, an ancestral report and do a family tree or something. You go to the doctor... Uh, you give a blood sample or at LabCorp or Quest Diagnostics or something like that. So you're always giving up uh, your DNA. And somewhere there's a giant DNA bank with, uh, you know, attached to our thumbprint from one iteration of the Apple iPhone to our retina scan to our face scan. And all this stuff is being stored in a system like Peter Thiel's Palantir which does a lot of the data analysis for the government or a system like uh, Peter Thiel's Clearview AI, which uses real-time facial recognition to be able to pull up your digital footprint in real time. And so if you don't believe that the government has a jacket on you, a file on you full of your thumbprints, your retina scans, your facial scans, you know, your blood type, your DNA, I mean, you're crazy. I mean, what, what are they collecting all this for? You can't believe that it's uh, decentralized at this point. What they're going to use it for, who knows? But I made the point last night that if they can create a disease that they can release that does not harm anyone but only kills you individually uh, based on your DNA profile, then they could do that to a group of people. They could do that to a certain bloodline. They could do that to what uh, Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, or Adolf Hitler would call the undesirables, the subhuman mongrels. And so they could do that as long as they can pinpoint a piece of DNA, uh, you know, coding within your DNA that matches your profile or a profile of a select group of people then they could kill and wipe out those people either by spreading a disease i don't know like a covid19 situation or by doing it through injection i don't know like a covid jab i'm not saying that's what they did i'm just saying the possibilities are there and now we know this through dr charles morgan the third who is contracted by the government to run experiments out of his lab at university of new haven and who also analyzes technology available in the black market biohacking community that he talked about or in the official science community or in academia um, stuff run out of government but usually fun i mean run out of colleges and universities but usually funded by the government as he is 
And then the government has a guy like him sit there and say, okay, we've got all these incubators out there in the private sector, in the uh, academic world, you know, in these government laboratories, in these black market biohack, you know, dungeon laboratories. Now, what could we do with it? How could we use it for offense? And how do we defend against it if other people have it? And so that's what he does. And so that's why we're analyzing the video on him. And we have about 20 minutes left, and it's jam-packed with a lot of information. But let me also give you a heads up on what we're going to be covering next, okay? Because I, I now it's just so much information has fallen into my lap, and I appreciate uh, everyone over at pain.tv slash golden on Twitter who have been sending me uh, intelligence, uh, research, articles, videos, audio files, and such that connect to everything we're talking about here. Now, although to me it feels like I'm doing a lot, you know, at least uh, two hours a day in content, uh, always moving on to new subjects, it still seems like I don't have enough time. And so, as long as you guys can handle uh, more information, I'm looking at um, sometime next week maybe expanding and doing an extra half hour, hour a day uh, because there's just so much research coming in that I want to get it all out there in case, God forbid, this uh, podcast is shut down and we have to move only on to pain.tv slash gold. Who knows? Commander Payne's been going through some stuff over on uh on the thomas Payne podcast that he'll get into shortly and so you never know when your days are numbered but that's okay we'll figure out a way around it i mean that's that's our job over here when you don't work for the man you are a target it's not that i'm special it's just that the information i've chosen to discuss and to talk about on the dust and gold standard is stuff that probably even though it's out there it's in the public domain when someone curates it all breaks it down, connects the dots, and analyzes it, I don't think they enjoy that very much. But we'll see what happens. Uh, But what we're going to do after Dr. Charles Morgan, there's a lot more on him, but I want to move on. Um, I'm just trying to show you some of these government-funded military mad scientists and the technology that they're developing because it all ties back into what this show started with, which is the tenets of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the quest for immortality by the elites, um, mind uploading, and all this other stuff, human enhancements, gene editing. Um, As I've said before, the Fourth Industrial Revolution is the merger of the physical, biological, and digital worlds. And so that's what I'm showing you. And we've already proven multiple times that the CIA, through their public cutout, really, their venture firm, InQtel, is invested in over 500 Silicon Valley companies, and some of which are actually publicly traded companies, and then they dish out more money. Um, through InQtel to startups and such. Uh, And that comes from CIA money, NSA money, DOD money, FBI money, and other departments. And then they also give out grants and they give out contracts. So the government has a stronghold on Silicon Valley. And we're going to eventually work our way back into Operation Paperclip, as I've said. And I've been having some private communications with some people at pain.tv slash gold who can't wait for that and have actually been sending me some tidbits that I'm going to investigate myself and try to work into that series when we get to it because they're giving me stuff that 
uh, I wasn't even aware of. Some I was, but I haven't looked at this stuff in years, and so it's kind of jogging my memory. So I appreciate everyone over at pain.tv slash gold who's sending me information. Uh, I don't want to say any names because they were private DMs, but thank you very much for that stuff. All right, so once we're done with Dr. Charles Morgan, we are going to go back into this document i'm working my way to a dr james giordano and i'll probably hopefully have maria albanese on co-host of the thomas Paine podcast on fridays to help break down giordano with me because she's been tracking some of his stuff for years and she probably can fill in a lot of blanks for me but we're going to go back to this. Uh, remember, we briefly touched on it the other day. Uh, U.S. Army Combat Capabilities Development Command Chemical Biological Center in Aberdeen, Proving Ground, Maryland. And this was the Cyborg Soldier 2050 Human Machine Fusion and the Implications of the Future of the DOD. And so now I've had a little bit of time to actually start to go through this document myself and um, there's two key players uh, that were part of this document. Of course, James Giordano is part of developing this, but we're going to work our way to Giordano because he's key in this, just like Dr. Charles Morgan. But you have uh, Peter Emanuel, Research and Technology Directorate, and then you have Diane DeLulius, National Defense University. And so just to give you a heads up here, as we work our way into Dr. Peter Emanuel, he is the senior research scientist for bioengineering, and this is over at uh, devcom.army.mil. Uh, it's actually cbc.devcom1m.army.mil, and it says here, Dr. Peter Emanuel is currently the senior research scientist for bioengineering at the United States Army Combat Capabilities Development Command Chemical Biological Center. In this role, he advises Army leadership on emerging technologies in synthetic biology and bioengineering and exploitation of these new fields for applications that support national defense. And he's very uh, instrumental in all of this, and he's a key guy. And so... I was able to locate, uh, let me see if it's right here. It was a podcast featuring uh, Dr. Peter Emanuel and Dr. Diane Dulius based on the 2019 paper, The um, Cyborg Soldier 2050. And so this podcast was at military.com, and it was hosted by the managing editor, Hope Hodge-Sec. And so I listened to this today, finally. And it's about 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And so we're going to analyze this podcast uh, after we're done with Dr. Charles Morgan as we work our way into Dr. James Giordano because the podcast is very telling. And then what we'll do is we'll work backwards to the cyber uh, Cyborg Soldier 2050 Human Machine Fusion paper which is what the podcast is discussing, to get into some more detail. And this way, you'll understand what the military is actually up to. And it ties right back in to Dr. Charles Morgan III, because that's what he's doing as well, analyzing this type of technology for the government. And then this podcast uh, that we're going to review, Left of Boom, Episode 6, the Future of Bio-Enhanced Super Soldiers, Part 1. It's going to lead us into the second one I got, which I haven't listened to yet. But this is Super Soldiers, Part 2, The Dark Side. And so this features Edward Bar uh, Barrett and Peter uh, Pafaf. 
And so we'll get into that as well. And as I said, that will work us over into Dr. James Giordano. And then once we wrap up with that, unless we see anything along the way, we'll sort of have the military super soldier program at least cleared off our desk. And then we can move into other pressing matters. But that will give you a full understanding uh, from the last few episodes up through these of exactly what the military and our government and the intelligence community are at least publicly admitting to. Uh, and I think that's going to be fantastic because that leads us back into Joe Biden's transhumanist executive order and then into Operation Paperclip. Hopefully, hopefully, folks, I've got a notebook with hundreds and hundreds of podcasts Uh, topics that i need to discuss so we will strategically work through those and try to deliver this information to you in as a coherent manner as possible with uh, my my style of sort of jumping all over the place but trust me in the end i get a lot of emails from you saying that you're learning quite a bit and you like the way we're doing this so i will continue with sort of this uh this format this strategy as uh as long as i can until I see necessary that I change the style and format of the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I have something special for you. Before we jump back into the mad scientist, Dr. Morgan, we are going to look at a man who attempted to turn himself into a human cyborg. He eventually died. But again, this is the quest for immortality, the thirst for eternal life. And so just like yesterday with Peter Nygaard, the gentleman who was raping women, asking them to get abortions so that he could harvest the stem cells to inject into himself to achieve eternal life. There is another gentleman who went about it in a different way, but I want to show you the technology that exists through him, and then also the extent at which humans will go in their quest for immortality. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. That's right, folks. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, so what I want to do is I want to start out this show. I'm always trying to show you real-world examples as much as possible. Uh, As we're talking about the technology that exists, the transhumanists within the government that are pushing forward uh, this type of merger and man and machine, it's always good to see this technology being used in real life from different perspectives. As Dr. Morgan talks about, the official science community, the biohacking community, the military, the intelligence apparatus. And so I like to bounce around sometimes and pull up examples of where we see this being used in real life. For instance, when we were talking about the um, sort of technocracy and the prison planet technology that they're developing and rolling out, the uh, technology coming from the force industrial revolution. 
Uh, we looked at frictionless shopping. We looked at Instacart. We showed that Israeli intelligence was behind that. We showed that the CIA was behind that. And so I think it's important to keep showing you where this is being rolled out. This is part of helping you, training you to be able to recognize this stuff in your own lives. And so you know when to avoid this technology if you so choose, uh, how to avoid it, how to spot it, how to recognize it, and then basically teach your kids and grandkids to stay away from it as much as humanly possible. You know, at a certain point, if they replace all the cashiers in the grocery store with all self-checkout, then, you know, that turns out to be the only choice you have. And then we have to regroup and rethink this. But right now, you can still avoid it. You can do your own shopping the old-fashioned way. And you can go to a cashier at the checkout line and support humanity. It's something small you can do, but... Uh, but it's you doing it. So I want to show you this uh, video. And this was put out uh, on YouTube. Someone took a piece of a documentary and then sort of narrated it and uh, put this out. It's just going to give you, I'm not going to deep dive into this. I just want to show you this gentleman and his quest for immortality. Now, when you watch this or you listen to it, remember what I always say. The idea in the adoption campaigns on this technology, any of this type of transhumanist technology, they have to tug at your heartstrings. That's just the way they do it. They have to play to human emotion because they know that the majority of us are decent, sympathetic, compassionate people. And so if you're not aware of the technology or aware uh, of the fact that they are trying to develop sort of immortality and Iron Man suits for themselves, then you would fall into the trap and just say, oh, this is great. I support this. Now, you're going to hear later in the Dr. Peter Emanuel uh, podcast episode on military.com on the show Left of Boom that I mentioned to you in segment one, Peter Emanuel talks about how the military, the DOD, the Department of Defense, needs to get the public in the various countries in which they are going to roll out these uh, cyborg super soldiers to accept and agree with or at least not push back against the technology so he actually gets into that we're not going to cover that today that'll be probably in the next episode but we're going to listen to him talk about how the military is working to normalize the technology to get the general public to accept it and in part uh part of the way that they do this is through documentaries through media stories like the one you're about to watch it's something where you say wow this technology is great but of course i'm going to break it down for you i'm going to analyze it and i'm going to show you where it's outright creepy you're going to see the lengths at which this gentleman went to to turn himself willingly into a cyborg and in the end what he looks like, what he carved himself up into, and then how he communicates uh, to the world. And what he actually did was he's a walking example of the fourth industrial revolution. He is a merger of the physical, biological, and digital. All right, so he should really be the mascot if he was alive today. He should be the mascot of the World Economic Forum. They should uh, basically roll him out on a stage like a furry mascot, and they say, here is 
the physical, the biological, and the digital merged. All right, let's watch this video. What prompted scientist Peter Scott Morgan to become part machine? And did doing so really extend his life? Keep watching for his fascinating journey into new frontiers of medical science. Okay, so let me pause this for the audio-only audience. And remember, you can always see this stuff over at pain.tv slash gold for a few dollars. Uh, I think when they post them over there, when uh, the young bucks over at the Thomas Paine podcast who manage the headquarters over at pain.tv slash gold, they post these up there and they label them by the episode. So if you're listening to this episode, you found it on one of the podcast players It's episode 42. You could jump over to pain.tv slash gold if there's something that you want to see and pull up the video version and watch it. Uh, And um, once in a while, there's a problem where my software glitches in the middle and I'm losing the video. It happened a few episodes ago, and I apologize for that. There's no way around it. So um, that happens once in a while. But in this particular case, you'd be able to jump over there and watch some of this video. So they're showing this sort of emaciated gentleman who looks like he's wearing a wig like a full-blown wig and has colored eyebrows and then he has these bright white teeth they almost look like dentures i don't know if they are Uh, and then they show him riding around in his wheelchair and um you know with with computers around him and tracking dots on his face and you know very surreal it looks like something out of a movie all right let's continue on june 15th 2022 Dr. Peter Scott Morgan's family issued a statement on his Twitter account that announced his death at the age of 64. Scott Morgan was an American-British scientist known as the world's first full cyborg. In 2017, Scott Morgan was diagnosed with motor neuron disease. Okay, so in 2017, he was diagnosed with motor neuron disease. In June of 2022, he passed away. Okay, they say he's an American-British scientist, and he was the first human cyborg. So now, you see these videos of him with the wig on or his hair dyed. It looks like a wig to me. And he's got colored eyebrows and these big white teeth. And now, they're showing him, uh, and I'll get into this in a little bit, but they're showing him sitting um, kind of in an office setting with a gentleman next to him. And he's got a brace on his neck. He looks different than they showed him earlier in the video where he looks like a a regular gentleman but emaciated with a wig on now his eyes are gigantic and uh, he looks quite strange or mnd also called amyotrophic lateral sclerosis mnd is a rare condition that affects the nerves and brain some of its symptoms include weak legs slurred speech muscle cramps and a weak grip okay so now they're showing uh, as they usually do in these type of videos a collection of people, older people, um, some kind of like a Malaysian-looking gentleman in wheelchairs, you know, crippled, uh, old man helping his wife, his old wife get into a chair. Okay, so this is how they tug at the heartstrings to then be able to push the transhumanist technology on folks. And listen, I don't know if you're out there. Uh, I said I don't judge people. If you use this technology... You know, for yourself, for your parents, grandparents, whatever. Uh, I don't blame you if it's out there and you're going to use it. I'm just making you aware of it. And I always ask the question, where do we draw the line? 
What is your personal line in the sand? At the end of the day, folks, if you're going to try to live outside of the matrix, right, if you're going to live one foot in and one foot out, it's going to have to be you that makes the decision on what lines you're going to cross. There is never going to be a collective voice that comes out of this show. It's not going to be Dustin says, this is the line and you better not cross it. I'm just arming you with the information and showing you the technologies that are out there. And then you're going to have to make a decision what you think is dangerous. What ethical lines would you cross? What moral lines would you cross? And that's what this is all about. I mean, you're going to make the decision for yourself. All right, let's continue here. But again, they're running B-roll clips to tug at your heartstrings. According to the UK's National Health Service, currently there is no known cure for the disease, but patients with MND can undergo treatments to alleviate its symptoms. Scott Morgan was given two years to live when he was diagnosed in 2017. Okay, so diagnosed in 2017, and he's given two years to live, all right? And the guy's a scientist. So now they're showing him uh, being wheeled up into the back of one of those handy vans, uh, handicap vehicle. And listen, my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, my father's dad, um, got polio in 1952. My father was two years old. My grandmother was 20. She had my father at 18. She was 20 years old, and all of a sudden, her husband, who was uh, an athlete, uh, gets polio. And within a matter of uh, a couple of years, you know, he was on crutches. He ended up in a wheelchair. And my entire life growing up, uh, since I was born in 1981, I always saw my grandfather in a wheelchair. And my grandmother spent her entire life since 20 years old basically taking care of my father and his sister, but also her husband. Now, my grandfather went to work and things like that, but my grandmother did all of the heavy lifting, literally did all of the heavy lifting, including lifting my grandfather in and out of his wheelchair. Now, my grandfather's brother was a famous doctor, uh, had some major accomplishments and cancer discoveries and such. I don't know if my grandfather was alive today. Uh, he was a huge baseball fan, baseball player. Uh, would he have uh, gotten an operation like this would he have tried to do this i'm not sure in the end my grandfather had an aneurysm and uh the chances of surviving the surgery were low and my grandfather sat there like a man and he said just let it explode in me and uh let's call it a day i had a great life and so you know you always have to ask yourself where is that line in the sand for you i don't know if my grandfather would have done this um I don't know if my father and my aunt would have pushed my grandfather to do this. I don't know if my grandmother would have pushed my grandfather to do this. But, you know, what I'm talking about here is I have personal experience in my family with someone who could not walk, uh, who could not lift things. And so I understand there's people out there that are looking at this from their own personal perspective, and I want you to, because at the end of the day, it's going to be your decision, but you have to understand what's out there and then the real purpose, where they're going with this. And you will see in the Dr. Peter Emanuel podcast on Left of Boom, he even slips up like Dr. Charles Morgan has, and he basically says, you know, all of these people we send to war to come back with uh, 
amputated limbs and brain diseases essentially make for great guinea pigs for our technology. So you have to ask yourself, are all these things natural, all these diseases, uh, these wars where we maim everyone, are they natural or maybe in part are they orchestrated so that they can bring back a group of people they could use for guinea pigs in their Frankenstein laboratories? It's sick and it's hard to think about it, but there is pure evil out there, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I'm going to take a break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 